of faith and the newness of salvation and the and the steps of of faith in water baptism god i thank you for the refreshing and the cleansing and the and the everything being made new god i pray you do that across this whole room this morning lord make things new today you do all things well you've never lost a battle and you won't start now we give you glory and honor and praise come on give me one more shout of praise if you believe he can make something new in your life this morning wow before you grab your seat and look at somebody and say, come on, he's going to make it new today. No leftovers in Jesus' name. Oh, it's good to be in the house of faith. Come on, this is why we gather, guys, right? Come on, this is what it's about. And just seeing people take those steps, saying yes to Jesus publicly, is, is it nothing, there's nothing like it. Come on, I want to encourage you. Maybe by the end of the message today, you'll take that step for next service. I don't know, but... But I, I think, listen, I always call it the wedding ring. This is the wedding ring of Christianity. This is the, the public sign, the public seal that I'm taken by God. I'm ready to follow him, and I'm God's, and I belong to him. How I many know that this wedding ring on my finger uh, lets you know that I belong to somebody? He said, you know, lets you know you can't touch this, right? Somebody, come on. And so, and so this ring, that's what happens when we get water baptized. It's that, it's that ring, that external ring uh, in front of people with God saying, you can't touch this. I'm God's. I'm, I'm his. It's public. It's well known, right? And so I think it, it, it speaks to a loud, bold faith. And I'm so encouraged by seeing people take those steps. I just, look, come on, we, need, we can celebrate that for a month, somebody. Come on, right? That's, that's not, let's don't let this get, let's don't, let's don't let that get old. Let's don't get it, don't, let's don't just go, oh, that was a nice moment in, in church. Now, uh, no, I think, like, we got we to gotta chew on that for a while. You know, that's, that's ancient faith right there taking place. That's, that's God moving in our midst taking place, man. You see that young man at the end just coming unglued with fr just freedom and just the, the move of God in his heart and life. If you can see their faces and what God's doing, those are our brothers and sisters. It's our family, so... I just want to encourage you, if you see him today, hug him and, and love him and meet him and, and, and build some family in this place. Y'all with me in that? Awesome. I'm so excited and want to celebrate. We need to celebrate what God's doing in each other. And I'm so proud of you guys for being a, a people of faith. We're going to jump into this uh, last part of this series, part four uh, of called What the Health. We're looking at a series called What the Health um, and uh, just getting healthy in our souls uh, for this 2020 year. We've been looking at the soul. Next week, we're going to start a new series. We're going to go all through February. Uh, it's going to be called La Familia. Come on. Look at somebody say La Familia, the family. Uh, we're going to have some cool merchandise, some shirts that say La Familia and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we're going to deal with marriage and life and singleness and relationships and all that around the family. How many of you know uh, marriage is spelled W-O-R-K? It's spelled work. And so we're going to look at some of that and um, really, really dig into uh, marriage and relationships and sex and purity and all that. Probably be PG-13 a lot. So um, just know that up front. Uh, but we're going to end, end this series this week in 3 John uh, verse 2 through 4. And looking at the thoughts of a healthy life this year, a healthy path. It says this, John speaking to his friend Gaius, he says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health 
just as your soul prospers. That word or that greeting, I pray you prosper and be in health, actually just means I pray you have a good journey, a successful road. I pray 2020 is well for you. I pray you're healthy and you have a good, good steps in your journey. And then, and then he says, just as, this little thought, just as your soul prospers. He, he connects the prosperity or the health of your journey this year to the health of your soul. We've been looking at a healthy soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. We've dealt with the mind and the will last week. Uh, talked about just taking an, another step in your faith last week. Maybe just some of your actions need to take one step. And as you take a step in God, he'll heal some things as you step out into some things. Week one, we looked at just our minds, a healthy mind, and, or week two, a healthy mind. Many of you are trying to address your behavior, but your belief system is wrong. You can never deal with behavior until you uproot a, a wrong belief system. You have to go to the belief system, right? And so, so your behavior, a lot of times, I'm a golfer, so a lot of times um, they say the worst thing you can do in, as play, playing golf is look at the obstacle or the hazard or the lake or the trees. And most people, you'll hear them, you'll hear what they do. They'll step up to the tee and they'll go, oh man, look at those trees, look at that lake. If I'm going to mess you up playing golf, I'll do that to you on purpose. I'm like, look at that big lake over there. You know, don't go in the lake. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I'll try to focus your thoughts and your attention on the obstacle, on the hazard. And that's what the enemy wants to do to us. So we begin to get this belief system from the tee box going, man, it's bad. It's bad over there. And we don't think about what we actually want to believe for, right? And so, so you have to address your belief systems from the tee box, from the onset. And you go, wait a minute, there's the fairway. It's wide. I can hit that. I'm skilled. God's blessed me. I know where I want to go. I have a vision for where, where I want to go in life, right? It's a different belief system. And so now, your behavior comes out of that belief system, right? And so you need to really address your belief system. And the enemy wants you to believe a certain way. And then this week, we're going to look at the third part, you mind, will, and the third part, which I think is glossed over a lot in church, not dealt with because we don't know how to deal with it, uh, are the emotions, emotions. So we're really going to look at emotional health today. I know that's a big buzzword in society right now and um, emotional health. And I think it's so important. And, and I'm learning. Can I tell you, I'm in a journey with this in my own life, in my own marriage, in my own family, in my own kids. And so you're going to hear from my wife and I a little bit in our next series on La Familia. We'll be really raw and vulnerable and, and share some things. And uh, uh, she'll get to get me back for all the stories I tell about her. Um, but but I think that uh, the church, we've just been like, you know, just praise Jesus, you know, bless Jesus. It's like, well, Jesus just fixes everything. You can be saved and not set free. You know that, right? You can be totally saved and not set free from some things internally. And so I think we, it's so important to deal with emotions and how do we deal with those as Christians and how do we process those things. And so I, I just named the message today uh, from the inside out, inside out. Remember the movie Inside Out? There's a lot of things going on in the inside of you that aren't coming out in a healthy way. And you have to learn how to deal with things on the inside to get them onto the outside. We're going to look at a little clip in a minute from the film Inside Out. Do you remember that film? Anybody see that movie? I don't know. It came out about five years ago, I think. Uh, cool movie. Many of you are going to go watch it today after I show you this clip. I already had a bunch of people go, man, I need to go watch that movie. And um, it's a cool clip uh, about a girl named Riley, and the movie's about this young girl, and her family has gone into a move, and it's a big transition in their life. They're having to move to a new city, and this girl Riley's having to start a new school. And this girl Riley, the movie tracks her emotions. She has five emotions that are inside of her head, and these emotions are kind of the dashboard of her life. I think she has joy, sadness, disgust, anger, and um, what's the what, anger and fear. So those five emotions she's dealing with, and they're trying to control the, the panel of her life up in her brain. And we see um, this moment in her life in this huge transition. She's going to this other city, and she's getting a little bit 
down, I think she's processing, and her mom says something to her. Her mom says, hey, Riley, you've always been our happy little girl. And so what we need you to do, if you'll do this, if you'll just keep smiling for mom, it'll help your dad out a whole lot. And in that moment, she was taught, directed, and encouraged to stuff all of her emotions and just to put them down. Come on. We've been trained and we've been taught to stuff emotions, not to deal with emotions, to swallow emotions, to not handle emotions. And it's very, very important. If you, if you stuff emotions, whether it's through life or a job or boss or a parent or an expectation that wasn't met, when you stuff these emotions, you actually end up getting stuck in emotional immaturity on the inside of you. And so you can't, you can't process or get out in a mature way what's happening internally. And so we've learned in life that every emotion's bad except joy. Come on, Christians. We all, come on, the joy of the Lord's my strength. How you doing? Like, you just went through hell. Like, the joy of the Lord. You know, it's like you don't, it, 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 I mean, you, you don't know how to process because we just say these cliche cr- Christian statements. Yeah, the joy of the Lord is the Bible and it is our strength, but, but it doesn't mean you deny every other emotion, right? And so we've just glossed over. We, we stuff fear. We won't acknowledge worry or sorrow. A lot of times we don't know how to grieve. We stuff anger. We hide fear, avoid sadness at all costs. Listen, the truth is these emotions are a gift from God. They're actually given to you and I to help us interact with each other and understand and interact with God. They're gifts from God. And when we don't know how to process them, we actually are giving up the gift God's given us. And we're actually saying, God, I can handle it on my own. And it's really rooted in pride. A lot of times when we stuff emotions, it's rooted in pride. We don't want to acknowledge that we need anything or that we need God. And so we actually say, God, I'm okay. I got it. Look what Jesus says in John 16. This is the Last Supper. Very interesting moment. Probably one of the most stressful moments of God's life on earth. Um, I mean, he's getting ready to go to the crucifixion. getting ready to be annihilated physically spiritually, emotionally, everything's getting ready to be ripped in two in his life. And this is what he says. Most assuredly, I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she's in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been brought into the world. This is what he says. Therefore, you now have sorrow. But... I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will be able to take from you. I mean, think about this. In, in Christ's darkest moment on the planet, he's teaching on emotions. He's saying, hey, I'm getting ready to go to this cross, but let me teach you some things about emotions. You're going to have sorrow. You're going to have anguish. There's going to be some pain, but then it's going to actually be turned to joy and no one can take that joy. Hear me, a lot of times we want God to act in the emotion. Can I, can I tell you this? It's not in your notes, but write this down. God works in the middle of my emotions. It says that you're going to have sorrow, but take heart, it's going to be turned to joy. And so there's this middle part where God's working. There's this middle section of, of emotions that God's working in. He's not, he's not a quick fix bullet or magic pill in one emotion or the other. He's working through the areas that you're working. He's walking with you in the middle as you work out, as you use tools, as you communicate, as you understand how to articulate what you're feeling and going through. God begins to work in that. And so he's working in the middle. And if we want to be healthy in our, in our emotions or healthy people emotionally, there's some things that we've got to do. And um, I'm going to give you a couple thoughts and then give you some things to avoid. The first thing, number one, stop denying your emotions. 
Stop denying him. Stop acting like you don't have any other emotions except joy and victory and happy. Yeah, he is our victory. We just sang that and he makes all things new, but there's some things that you have to not deny in order for that to take place, right? And I think sometimes we micromanage everything around our life to fit around joy. Check out this clip where joy is actually trying to micromanage every other emotion in this movie. Check this out. Look what happens when joy tries to micromanage everything, right? I mean, I think sometimes we want joy to win out above every other emotion. And now we don't allow real memories, real emotions to take place in our life. And look what happened to her at school. That's a bad place to cry first day of school, right? I mean, because she was never allowed to process the real emotions that she was having. And so there was a meltdown. You ever had a meltdown in a place that you really felt like wasn't an appropriate place to have a meltdown? Anybody? I mean, and so sometimes it's because we have stuffed and we are trying to let everything be managed by this happy, just joy, everything's fine feeling. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus actually embraced each emotion. Look what it says in John 11, 33 through 35. Jesus' friend dies. Jesus gets angry, upset, distressed. He didn't like people's stubborn hearts. He didn't like abuse of the temple. This is what he says when Lazarus dies in 33. When Jesus saw her sobbing and the Jews who had come with her also sobbing, He was deeply moved in spirit to the point of anger at the sorrow caused by death and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept and Jesus wept. I mean, think about this. I mean, that's a, that, that word wept right there. It it doesn't do it justice. That's a dirty cry right there. Somebody that's a sobbing on the ground, lip quivering, dust on your face cry right there. Jesus is doing that. And in, in the, in the context of three verses, only three little verses, look at all the emotions that Jesus faced. He was angry. He was sorrowful. He was weeping. He was grieving. He was upset. All of this emotion in this man, this God man, all in this one span of time, it's a gift. Your emotions, are a gift from God. Stop trying to micromanage them, okay? Now, I'm going to preach probably to the guys a lot today because we ain't good at some of this, right? Somebody say amen. Women say oh me. We're we're trying to learn. Number two, write this down. Be honest with all your emotions. Be honest, be honest, be honest, be honest, be honest. Honest, be honest, be honest. How you doing? Good, good, good. How's it going? Good, good, good. Praise the Lord, saints. Good. Praise the Lord, saints. How's it going? Good. You just came through war. You've got revelations happening in your house. Fire and brimstone. You've got locusts and, and end times in your home. You're like, good, good, saints. It's good, you know. Y'all know y'all were about to kill each other on the way to church today. And hey, good morning, Christians, you know. I mean, we. it's like, we, we just, we don't, we deny it. Like, be honest and, 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 and be real. Be able to, especially guys, come on. We don't like to talk about how we feel. We don't want to talk about our emotions. And, and those are a vital part. Listen to me. They're a vital part of our faith. Hear, hear me. Spiritual growth, spiritual growth and emotional growth are connected. You, you cannot separate emotional health from spiritual maturity. They are, they are linked together. Spiritual health and emotional maturity are linked. Write this down. You can't grow spiritually if you are stuck emotionally. You, many of you are coming to church week after week. You've been a Christian for years and you're going, why can't I grow spiritually? Why can't I grow past this? Because you won't be honest emotionally. And some of your growth in God is just simply admitting that you're angry. Some of your growth in God is just admitting that the abuse had a more of a toll on you than you thought and that you needed to actually acknowledge it and talk about it with someone. 
that, that some of your growth in God, actually, you actually need to be honest with whatever that emotion is, that you were actually let down and you wished you would have gotten that job or you wished you wouldn't have lost that job or you wished you wouldn't have lost that spouse or that, that boyfriend or girlfriend, that there's actually disappointment. Some of your growth in God is actually just saying, you know what, I'm disappointed. How, how can God heal what you won't reveal? How can God, somebody said, say it again. How can God heal what you won't reveal? And so often we, we, we want to just cover it up. And here's why. Here's why. Here's the real reason why. Because we haven't given each other or our children or our friends or our family members a safe place to be honest with them. And so we know it wasn't always safe to be honest with how we felt. And so we just ignore it. I'd have you write this down. Don't ignore it. Explore it. Talk about it. Explore it. Come on. It's like a dashboard light in a car. Who, first service, I was like, who ignores dashboard lights? Like half the church raised their hand. I'm like, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> I mean, maybe for a week or, you know, how, how's it going a month? <laughs> like, yeah, come on, be honest. Like, y'all aren't raising your hand now. I saw everybody looking around. They're pulling hands down. <laughs> you explore it. Don't ignore it. I had a, I had a, a, a Tundra, a, a truck, and there was a, a light, a car light on the, on the tire, on the wheel. It was always on. It was because they had disconnected the sensor from the tire because there was new tires that were put on it, and they didn't fit the same, and so the sensor wasn't on it. Well, I went to get a tire change one time, and I went to like Fisher Tire or something, and they changed all the tires, and I came back. Dude's covered in like um, grease everywhere. He's like sweating. I'm like, dude, you get it? He's like, bro, it's so tough. He's like, man. He's like, I'm sorry, bro. We couldn't get the tire sensor to go off. I was like, oh, it stays on all the time. He's like, what? Shh. <laughs> he's like, dude, we spent like three hours trying to get that sensor off. It's like, I didn't acknowledge the sensor. I didn't explain the sensor. I didn't explore the sensor. So all this pain went into trying to fix something that was never acknowledged. Think about it. If you would just acknowledge the, the dashboard lights and just recognize them and say, hey, this is actually what's going on. A lot of things can be solved and healed that, w- that would cause much more frustration if you didn't acknowledge it. Does that make sense? Just be honest. Be honest. Here, here's one way to be honest with it. Number, write this down. Talk it out. Talk it out. Hear, hear me, if whatever you don't talk out, you will act out. And so there's things coming from the inside of you that you really don't have a language for. And so you begin to act out, especially with our kids. Whatever, whatever they can't talk out or don't know how to talk out or don't have a place to talk out, they'll end up acting out. And so your kids or your spouse is acting out a certain way. It's because you've never given a safe place to actually talk it out and explore those emotions. And so a huge job, my wife and I are learning this right now. My wife and I, we go to counseling every week, guys. Come on, listen, I'm not ashamed of that. Y'all, come on, one clap, awesome, love you. Don't you want, don't you want a healthy pastor and a healthy relationship? Can I tell you, like, like you take your car in every 3,000 miles, right, to get checked? Why are you going to be like, I don't need, I ain't checking nothing in my marriage, I'm good. Your hood's smoking, tires are falling off, your dashboard lights are all on, you're like, woo, we're good. Praise the Lord, saints. And we've been trained as Christians to have it all together and we don't need any counseling. We don't need any help. Like, no, we need help. I need help, man. And so, so a huge part of a healthy home and these are things we're working out and, and we're in a progress and in work. I mean, the, the huge part of a healthy home is actually giving your, your family and your children a safe place to explore what they're feeling and define what they need. And, and sometimes if, if, if you don't, like in my own life, I didn't ever have, my parents loved me, but I didn't, they never really cared what I needed. 
And they never gave me an environment to actually explain what I needed. Like, so I would act out, but they never took the time to go, what are you needing? And they never slowed down to really figure out the emotions that I, so I've never understood really in a healthy way how to give people around me a place to explain what they need, right? And so I'm trying to figure out in my family how to give my family a voice to deal with emotions of what they're needing without it being a war. Anybody, anybody follow me? And, and so you as a parent, a healthy thing you can do for your children is to give them an environment where they can healthily explain to you what they need. And so sometimes they're just acting like a butthole, but they're really tired. <laughs> so it's your job as a parent not to be like, quit acting like a butthole. There might be a place and time for that. But, but the first and foremost, it's like, oh, I, I sense you're frustrated. You, your job is to give them a language to what they're feeling because they don't necessarily have a language to it. Or maybe your spouse doesn't, or maybe you know you're the person that doesn't have that language. And so you just blow the, the, the lid off and you go to anger. Well, usually if you go to anger, you've gone through about 14 other emotions. You've gone through insecurity or fear, insignificance, or being belittled or feeling, feeling fearful, whatever it is. And especially guys, we don't, we're not allowed to be fearful. We're not allowed to feel insignificant. We're not allowed to feel that way. So we'll just go to anger. Is this helping anybody? And so, so I want myself, I want you to be able to emotionally not deny and, and, and to be actually honest. And I want to encourage you to give each other, to give your family, to give people a safe place to be honest. Here's, here's a way to kind of get it from out of your head if you don't have the language. Just simple, some simple things. These are just practicals. Number one, journal. Like, name it. Write it down. This is what I'm dealing with. Number two, talk to someone. Get some help. Get some counseling. We've got, at the end of our service day, you can go to our connection area. We have some amazing counselors that we know in town and some great connect groups. Some of you might just need a connect group. Like, you just need to do life with some other people that, that are going through some of the same things and you, and you have relationships. I've got a group of people in my life. You need a group of people in your life to say, you know what? This might be happening in your life. This is why you're feeling this way, you know? And so maybe just get into a connect group. Uh, worship and praise. Get some good worship music or a good playlist and put that on your, in your car or at home and begin to worship. Work out. Right there. That's free. <laughs> I mean, some of y'all need to go hit a heavy bag. Come on. I mean, Jake and I talk about it. He's a, he's a blue belt in jujitsu. He's a psychologist, great husband, great father. You know, his son, we've been praying for you, man. David just came through a surgery. I mean, I mean some, Jake and I talk about, we sometimes just got to go hit some stuff, right? Come on, got to go work out. And, and we're not the same if we don't go push those weights or work out or get that out. And so, you know, some of you might just need that. Just talk to somebody. Don't carry it on the inside. Be honest with it. Here's what happens if you're not honest with it. You put on a mask. And now you begin to wear a mask of performance popularity, possessions. And so you might feel fearful because your parents had no money. And so now you're dr driven to do everything for possessions. But you've never addressed, it's okay to have possessions, but you've never addressed the root cause of fear that drives you to lose your family and be away from everybody. Does that make sense? Don't mask. Number three, embrace the paradox of life. It's just, Jesus said it in John 16, you will grieve, but your grief will be turned to joy. There's a paradox. Why do we think that we can get to joy and never walk through sorrow? Why do we think that they're not connected? Do you know that joy and, and, and sorrow are not opposing emotions? They're partnered emotions. We think joy and sorrow are opposing. You know, there's no, there's no Easter without the cross. There's no resurrection without the, the crucifixion. Hear me. There, there's, you're going to walk through things. All of life is a paradox. In order to get to joy, you're going to go through pain. And Jesus says, I'm working in the middle. You're going to have sorrow, but it will turn to joy. 
embraced that paradox. He teaches his disciples there's going to be sadness. Psalm 30, verse 5, look at this. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Come on, somebody. It might be dark right now. It might be a little bit of night, but God's working in the midnight. He's working in the darkness. He's working in that day. He's working to get you to that place of joy. Let's embrace the paradox as God works in the middle of our emotions. We don't do it because we don't have time for each other's. I don't got time for that. Be happy. Right? It takes time to love each other well. I'm preaching to myself. It takes time to love my wife well. It takes time to love my kids well. I'm not perfect. I'm a work in progress. But we all are in progress. We're all working towards it. Here's a couple things you need to do. Here's some dangers of not dealing with your feelings, not dealing with your emotions. Number one, consistent freedom is not possible unless we learn to live beyond our feelings. I'm not saying we don't deal with them, but we end up living beyond them and we don't let them deal with us. Does that make sense? We don't let them drive us. You need to live beyond your feelings. Come on. You ever met people that just live by their feelings only? Like, I don't feel like getting up. It's called broke. I don't feel like going to work. It's called fired. I don't feel like being nice. It's called you lonely with no friends. It doesn't feel fun. It's called life. You you know, and I think we have to learn and teach our kids and ourselves. Come on, there's some discipline in getting beyond just feeling. Consistent freedom comes when we deal with our emotions. Second thing, when feelings run free, we can't, we can become deceived in our thinking. Here's Satan's trick. John 8, 44 says this. When he speaks, when Satan speaks, he speaks a lie. Look at this. He speaks from his own resources. Listen to that. There's there's no outside resource that he's given to you when he's given you that lie. It's actually out of him. It's it's not God's resource. It's not a natural resource. It's 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 a demonic resource from his own initiatives that he makes up and he fashions and he tools to give to you. And here's what he does. He gives you this lie, this thought, this thinking. And as he gives it to you, what he wants to do is get you acting a certain way. Hear me. And then he fertilizes it with your feelings. And so now as you begin to let your feelings run rampant, You become pregnant with a belief system from the enemy and now every thought is filtered through that belief system and now your behavior begins to reinforce the feeling and now your feeling reinforces the behavior and your behavior reinforces the feeling and your feeling reinforces the behavior and you're in this lie cycle. And the only way to get out of it is to pull yourself out of those resources and get an outside resource called God's word, God's voice, other friends, other family, other people that'll speak into your life. And all of a sudden, now your feelings aren't running your thinking and you're not deceived. Whatever you think on grows. Whatever you feed in your thoughts grows. Number three, uncontrolled feelings will always lead to poor choices. I just feel so lonely. You jump at the next guy or girl. I just just feel so fearful about my future. You jump at a bad relationship. I just feel unhappy. And then you end up going into adultery because... It just felt right with this person. I just feel like I don't want to forgive. And then you end up bitter. Yeah, there's so many feelings that can drive us, right? And when we allow them to drive us, we make very poor choices. Write this down. Don't make a permanent decision on a temporary feeling. There's a lot of feelings that we face. Come on. You don't always feel like being married. You don't always feel like being nice. If somebody said this, I'm going to teach it in the the next couple weeks. If you, a lot of you think you married the wrong person. Here's what you need to do. 
Go home, dig, dig a little bit, get, dig down into your cabinet, find your marriage certificate and dust it off and look at the name on it. And if that name on it's the person you're sitting by, you married the right person. Now, some of you, you know, we're in a marriage that didn't work out. One person tried, one didn't. It takes both people. I'm not judging anybody. It takes people both to try and work together and work hard on it and get through feelings and process and, and do all the work. So there's no judgment. But, but again, if you're in a boat right now going, what, you know, I can't be run by my feelings, you've got to make some decisions, right? Number four, feelings that are out of control can produce a negative and unstable environment around us. Out of control feelings. You ever seen a baby cry, laugh, scream, yell, you know, throw stuff, and a parent that just just goes by every, just jumping at the kid, like just ah, what do they need? What do they need? Oh, just unstable environment. Like talk to the kid, spank the kid, love the kid, do something. Like you know, start talking to your kids, babies early. Like we don't act that way. We don't scream. We don't throw stuff. We process our emotions. I understand you want the toy. I understand you're selfish. <laughs> but. But like the environment, think about it. The environment, whenever these feelings just run rampant in this child, the environment's crazy. When your feelings of being unappreciated and unvalued and you're always the victim and no one likes you and your feelings just run out of check, all your coworkers and your people and your family, people around you, they don't know what to do. They're jumping and the environment's unstable because they don't know, am I going to get this person? Are they going to be valued today? Are they going to feel, are they going to feel hurt today? You know, you just let your feelings run out of, out of check and it creates an environment that isn't healthy. I'm not saying, listen. I'm not saying ignore, my teachings don't ignore the emotions, but don't let them run your life, right? Process in a healthy way. Here's two thoughts on how to deal with it, and I'm going to pray for you. Number one, check your feelings with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, why do I feel this way? Where did this come from? How did this get in here? Why does this person always make me angry? Why does my spouse do this? Why do I blow up this way? Why do I feel sad this way? Come on, we've created whole entire businesses to cover up emotions. It's called essential oils. Like, listen, if you sell oil and make money, more power to you. You know, okay, I'm not going to judge you. But if you're not familiar with it, it's a small cult, you know. I just, I heard a guy talking about it. He was like, he's like, yeah, oh, really? Oh, you put it on your neck? Yeah, and it heals your dog's anxiety? That's amazing. Oh, oh, doctors don't believe in it? Even better. Oh, Oh, and it's a multi-level scheme? Perfect. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 we, we burned it at our house, so I'm not judging. <laughs> my, wife, my wife years ago, here's the deal. It's like she's putting stuff on my kids' toes as they go to kindergarten. It's like they're putting, I'm like, what do you put it on their toes? She's like, it's peace and calming. You don't have to process emotions. You just put oil on your toes. My kids are like, why are my feet so greasy? It's the price you pay for peace, my son. <laughs> put some tranquility on their ear. They're going to be brilliant. Holy Spirit fixes things. Come on, no oil is going to make you peaceful. No oil is going to magically make you tranquil. <laughs> we got to deal with emotions. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Ask God. I look, I got, I, we burned the oil. Don't get me. He doesn't like the oil. I know y'all are judging me. You're reaching for your vials right now. Like I will baptize you in samanthamum. 
Listen. Number two, check, check your feelings with the word of God. Maybe, maybe you feel selfish or greedy. Well, maybe God's saying you need to give. Maybe you feel bitter. Maybe God's saying you need to forgive. Maybe you feel tired. God's saying you need, to, you need to do this. You need to serve. Come on, sometimes we have to serve our way into a feeling. We have to give our way. We have to practice the word of God. So I'm asking you today, begin to check your life with the word of God. I'm going to pray for you today. Come on, here's what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to stand up here. And, I, and I, as I pray for you, would you stand with me? Here's what I want to say. Nobody run out right now. Here's why. I'm about to give everybody a next step, a very important next step. And I'm going to pray for you. And if you just run out, you might know all this and heard all the next steps and all that kind of stuff. But hear me. If you just roll out, you communicate to people around you that might get ready to impact by God and be touched by God in the next step. You communicate to them, it's okay, we're done to leave. And they might leave. And this might be the moment for them to have something happen in their life with God. Two things I want to pray for real quickly. Number one, some of you, your emotions are out of check. They're running wild. They're running your life. And you need the Holy Spirit to help you get your emotions to be processed and under control and that you can make better decisions and not let your emotions run you. Number one, not going to embarrass you or make you come forward. We're going to bow our heads in a minute, but that's number one. Some of you need a fresh start with God. And, and the best emotion you can have is the feeling of brokenness. But you're so scared to feel broken and admit that you're broken, you can't allow any of God's beauty to invade. And the place God's beauty invades is the place of our most brokenness. And so I want to give you freedom today in a second to admit, you know what, I'm broken. I need a Savior. The greatest emotion is brokenness that would tell you that you need a Savior. I know that I'm broken and I need a Savior. My greatest fear is true. I'm broken. And your greatest fear is usually that your greatest fear is true. But that's the point of the gospel, right? That we're broken and his beauty invades that. So I'm going to give you permission in a second to say, I need a Savior. That's just saying yes to Jesus. I surrender. Would you bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. I pray for next steps across this house. I pray if it's a next step to have an honest conversation with emotions or a next step to put a hand up right now in this prayer, a next step to be water baptized next service, a next step to go see a counselor, to take a step of faith with a spouse or a, or a, or a significant other or someone they're dating, or a next step to sit down with a child and process and talk out, and a next step to give a safe environment in our homes, God, whatever it might be, I pray today. If you're in this place, no one look around. If you say, Jamie, pray for me for power of the Holy Spirit to, to help my emotions uh, get in check, to help me deal with emotions properly. My emotions are kind of running wild and I need help. No one looking around. If that's you, would you just put your hand up to me right now? I need help, Pastor. Pray for me. Come on, across this house. Father, you see our hands. You know the emotional... Uh, tanks that we carry you know some of our hot buttons you know our triggers you know the pain that we carry from our past and sometimes our spouses or our friends or loved ones are paying for a pain that happened to us yesterday that they can't even see and we've never learned how to process those emotions so God I pray that we'd be an emotionally healthy people we'd have safe environments to process and talk and be real and we wouldn't just gloss over with everything being joy that we allow you to work in our, in our life through sadness and sorrow and you'd bring us to a place of joy. We thank you, God. And if you're in this place, no one looking around right now, if you'd say, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I, I need Jesus. I, I know I'm broken. I need a Savior. I need a fresh start with God. The Bible says that Jesus paid all the price, went to a cross, died, took your sin, shame, and guilt, nailed it to a tree, rose from the dead to give you a brand new life and put beauty into your brokenness. If you're here and you say, today's my day, you know the Holy Spirit's pulling on your heart right now. On three, just put your hand up to me. If you say, Jamie, I need God's beauty. I need a Savior today. I need a fresh start with God. One, two, three. Just put your hand up to me right now. I need a fresh start. Come on, God bless you. 
Come on, thank you for your boldness. Anybody else, put your hand up strong. I need, God bless you. Come on, I need a fresh start with Christ today. I need his beauty for my brokenness. Anybody else? Just take a minute. God bless you. Thank God bless you, sir. Thank you for your boldness. Come on, thank you for your boldness. God's doing something right now, church. Holy Spirit's doing something right now. This is a holy space right now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. You can pray this in your own words or you can pray my words, but it's all about just surrendering. No magic in the words. We're going to surrender to Jesus right now. He's going to invade with his life and his beauty. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I surrender right now to you. I thank you for dying on that tree. I thank you for taking all my sin to that tree, all my guilt. Take all my shame and remove it. Lord, I thank you for dying and I thank you for raising from the dead. I thank you right now for taking my brokenness and my my empty heart, my heart of stone, my heart that's been cold and removing it and put a heart of life in me. Put the spirit in me. Jesus, put your beauty in me. Make me alive to God today. Lord, I surrender to you as my Lord and Savior. I give you the rest of my life and I believe that you can take brokenness and turn it to beauty. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God glory real quick. Give him praise. Awesome morning. I know we're a few minutes over, but I hope this helped today.